This is Lockdown Land. Hi, thanks for downloading Lockdown Land, the podcast that's here to keep you busy. Uh, in this episode, I'm talking to music journalist Mark Miller from Excess Noise about five classic albums that you must listen to. Got to listen to these. Uh, before we get started, though, just want to quickly ask for your support. Now, if you enjoy this episode, please share it on social media. That would be brilliant. You can also subscribe for free on your favorite podcast app. And if you really, really, really enjoy the episode, you can buy me a coffee on the website. It helps keep the podcast podcast ad-free and also supplies me with coffee, which is always good. Uh, head over to LockdownLand.com. Hit the Buy Me A Coffee button at the top of the page, LockdownLand.com. So, I had a chat with Mark, who's a music journalist from music blog XSNoise.com. That's the letters XS and noise spelt N-O-I-Z-E. XSNoise.com. We're talking about five classic albums that you must listen to. You've got to listen to these. Mark explains what they mean to him and why we should listen to them. Uh, Check out the website and also all his Facebook and Twitter and Instagram links. They're all in the show notes. So let's get on with it. What was Mark's first choice album? Thriller by Michael Jackson. It's, you know, it's such a such a, a classic album, and uh, it was the first album as a child that I really listened to. I think from start to finish. And the good thing about it is, you know, the production uh, by Quincy Jones is amazing on it, and it still sounds amazing nowadays. You know, just stick it on, and it's just the production just so amazing, and every song is great. I, mean, I think there was seven singles released from from the album. And I'm not sure, but it, I think for a long period it was the best selling album ever, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was between that and the Hotel California by the Eagles, I think. Um, there's been a bit of a debate recently, you know, which has sold the most. Um, as far as I'm aware, Thriller has sold 66 million copies worldwide. Uh, maybe maybe Hotel California sold more in the US. I'm not too sure. but uh... I, I remember first seeing the video on uh, for Thriller on MTV and it was like a little miniature movie wasn't it it was something a little bit different to every other music video yeah it was just like just a, a, a small movie I, I think the channel 4 premiered it uh, at 11 o'clock or 10 or 10 or 11 o'clock at um one night and I remember sitting waiting waiting, waiting sitting around the TV waiting on it to come on and you know nobody had seen anything like it and I think that that also helped to propel the sales of the album because the album had been out for quite a while before um, the video was released. I think there was Billy Jean was released before. I think The Girl Is Mine with Paul McCartney had already been released. Maybe beat it. I'm not too sure. You know, it just sent Michael Jackson through the stratosphere, really. You know? And those songs which you mentioned, you think of, of like Thriller and Billy Jean and Beat It and things like that. Those were all off one album. Yeah. Yeah. So there were seven singles released from the album and they were all, you know, classic singles. Although, you know, it's like a best of collection. Although it's, I don't think it's Michael Jackson's best album, but you know I've put it in there because it was the first album that I really listened to, and every every kid listened to Michael Jackson. Yeah, I I remember listening to him myself. Yeah, when I was a lot younger. Okay, so what's number two? Number two is Beastie Boys' "License to Ill." Really? Yeah. Go on, tell me why. Well, this is sort of my era's never mind the bollocks. I think I was just in high school and. As much as I was aware of rap music, you know, the old school rap music, like Run DMC and LL Cool J and stuff. And then the Beastie Boys sort of came along around at the same time and they were white and they were the first white rap band to be successful. And the thing about the Beastie Boys was they also used rock. It was a rock 
um, and, and rap crossover record, their, their first album. And it was produced by Rick Rubin, who, uh, you know, he's, he's went on to produce, you know, some amazing bands and some classic records uh, himself. But yeah, there was clever samples and lyrics. I mean, it, it's more of a cart- cartoon version of, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, well, this is what the Beastie Boys are really like, but they were just really taking the piss in, in the songs, you know. Um, Name some tracks. Um, well, probably the most familiar tracks would be, well, Fight for Your Right to Party. Yeah. Uh, that was, it was a single. No Sleep to Brooklyn, uh, which featured Kerry Keane from Slayer. He played guitar, or lead guitar on the track. And it was just a fun record. And I hadn't heard anything like it. I started, you know, getting the baseball cap. Um, I think even, even in high school we uh, me and a couple of friends entered a talent competition and we did a rap and stuff like that there you know and it was the first rap lp the the top the billboard album chart it's a, it's not an album that i've listened to to be honest i know the singles i know the songs i think i was probably just out of high school when when it came out and i remember the songs of that but i've never never listened to the album so that's one of my lists i've got to listen to well i didn't you know if you if you listen to it, you, you can hear Eminem. Eminem obviously has take taken a lot yeah. of influence from the Beastie Boys. Right, I'm going to put that on my list to listen to. Okay, so what's number three? Number three, another album that I do still listen to constantly. It is the debut album by the Stone Roses, and it's, it's quite an important album um, because Liam Gallagher and Noel Gallagher says, you know, if it wasn't for this album, Oasis wouldn't exist. Yeah, it was a very uh, big influence on those guys, and it's they were hugely important band, weren't they? Um, yeah, coming from sort of like the north northwest of of England. Yeah, um, I mean the, the the album's always in the top ten British albums of all time, and it was around about the Man- Manchester and baggy cultural yeah. scene that that happened at the time with bands like the Stone or sorry, uh, Happy Mondays, and you had the Charlatans, you had James, you had uh, Spiral Carpets. You know, there was loads of great, great bands came. From yeah, that there was time. a huge explosion of music from around Manchester at that that time, wasn't there? Yeah, absolutely. But you know, and there was much great music made and, and great albums. But this album, it's just from start to finish, it's just it's just amazing. You know, it's just the music and every everything about it. You know, and the album cover as well. The album covers, um, it's like a J- Jackson Pollock influence cover um, by John Squire, the guitarist, who's amazing, amazing guitarist. Name some tracks which we might know. Well. The opening track is it's probably one of the best opening tracks of any album. Um, I want to be adored, and in my opinion as well, it probably has the best finish to any album with "I Am the Resurrection," which just goes on. You know, it's just amazing. Um, Waterfall, another single that was released from the album. I, I've not. I've got to admit, I've not listened to the whole album myself. That's a, this is um, definitely another one to go with the Beastie Boys to have a have a listen to in the next few weeks. Yeah, well, it's 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 definitely uh, a must and it's just an album that's always stayed with me and it took them another five years before to release their second album. Right. OK, so Stone Roses, we're going to put that on the list. What's the fourth choice? R.E.M. Order the Lake for the People. Ah, yes. Uh, I've listened to this one. Yeah, it's a great album that, that you stick on in the background. It's nice and relaxing um, and chilled. I remember just remember actually buying it and just listening to it through and through. I'd, I'd got in the R.E.M. from their previous album, um, Out of Time, which was their first sort of commercial breakthrough album. Lyrically, you know, it's about mortality, the, the album, and about death, you know, so it's not it's not the most upbeat album to listen to lyrically, even though some of the sounds, some sorry, some of the songs, you know, there's a few upbeat songs on it, you know, Everybody Hurts is probably a, a big, probably one of the most famous singles from it, and I remember hearing that there when I first bought the album and thinking, well, that's going to be a huge hit. Um, R.E.M. are kind of like one of those bands where you'd struggle not to like them, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, well, that's here's the thing. Every everyone likes REM. You're right. You know, with other bands like you know Stone Roses and you know U2 and people, you know, I don't really like them, but everybody seems to like REM. They're very easy listening. It's a pity that they're no longer together, but uh, yeah, Automatic for the People will always be there. It's it's just a fan, fantastic album, and it, it's always again it's another one of those albums that's in people's top tens. And also, um, a lot of people don't know this, but John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin actually did some of the string arrangements on uh, the songs Drive, Sidewinder, Sleeps Tonight, Everybody Hurts and Night Swimming. It's a good album. It really is. I remember listening to it. I've listened to it quite a few times over the years and it's um, well worth being on the list. Yeah, absolutely. So what's the fifth choice? This has got to be like the real biggie, hasn't it? Yeah, well, this is probably, well, it is my favourite album. It's U2, Octone Baby. As much as I'm used U2 fan, but the reason it's my favourite album, it's because what it meant at the time, you know, it's 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 like U2, Sgt. Pepper. At the time, I did like U2, you know, I wasn't a huge fan, but then when this came out, I remember hearing Mysterious Ways in the radio, and then the DJ said at the end, that was the latest track by U2, and I was like, what? You know, it just didn't sound anything like U2. It was a complete reinvention. Do you know what year it came out? Uh, 1981. It came out because um, the, the the band got a lot of stick. And it, it's huge success with the Joshua Tree. And then they went on to make Rattling Hum and they made the movie and stuff like that there. And they, they got a lot of stick about it. So they really did question themselves when they were going in to make new music a, a, a after. And they realised... Do, do they, you think... I remember all the fuss over the movie and things like that. Do you think that's because they were an Irish band? And not if an American band went out and did that, it'd be fine, it'd be okay. But it has a level of maybe a little bit of pretentiousness about it. Yeah, you see, you two were discovering all these American bands for the first time because they were spending a lot of time in America and they were discovering people like B.B. King, uh, Bob Dylan, you know, Elvis. And they were using that influence you know, in the Rattling Hum. And a lot of people thought, well, we know about all these people. Why are you, you know, introducing us to these people? We know who they are, you know. And I think they're just very naive, really, you know. And Rattling Home isn't my favourite U2 album. It's probably my least favourite U2 album, but there's a lot of great tracks on it. Um, but with Acton Baby, you know, it's a completely different shift in musical direction. You know, they're completely reinventing themselves. And there's influences in there from... Well, they took a lot of influences from the whole Manchester scene. There's influences industrial music, electronic dance music, and into the sound, and they blended it all together. And it's also the record that nearly split the band up. The, the, they went away to Berlin, the Hansa Studios in Berlin, to record the album and they just weren't getting anywhere and Bono and The Edge you know they had decided what way they wanted to go but the other two guys Larry and Adam just weren't weren't they weren't weren't getting it until they came they were in the studio jamming and they came across a chord sequence which became the song one which you know changed everything you know it's one of the probably lyrically it's one of the best songs Bono has written uh, it's a great album yeah well I've I've, I've I've owned numerous copies over the years, um, and every time I hear it, I always hear something new in it, you know, musically or, or whatever, you know, different sounds and stuff. And also, the album spawned the huge uh, multimedia Zoo TV tour, which was amazing, and it was unlike anything anyone had seen before uh, on a touring level. And the artwork by Anton Corbin in the front you know it's it's beautiful artwork beautiful images it just everything just came and fitted together okay so run through your five choices again tell me what we start off with michael jackson thriller good one yeah beastie boys licensed to L. listen to that rem automatic for the people or, yeah yeah stone roses debut album and octone baby i think i've got to listen to two two out of those five definitely tell me where we can find your your blog and all your social media bits and pieces okay well it's accessnoise.com, um, 
noise spelled with a Z instead of an S. We're on Twitter at, at Access Noise Music and Facebook at, at Access Noise Music and the same with uh, Instagram. Yeah, I definitely recommend people heading over and having a look because I literally just got lost for over an hour just watching videos and discovering new things. It was great. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of new acts featured on, on the on the site. We like to we like to do that there because there's so much great music coming through that you won't find on mainstream radio or anywhere like that. Um, I appreciate the time you spent, Mark, and um, th thanks for joining me. No problem. Thank you, John. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you could share it on social media. It really helps support the podcast. It helps it get found a little bit easier as well. Uh, if you really enjoyed the podcast, uh, you can buy me a coffee uh, and support the podcast by making a simple one-off payment, which will just keep it ad-free and also keep the lights on as well. You can go to lockdownland.com, hit the link at the top of the page which says buy me a coffee. Thanks again for listening.